Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Good morning. How are you this morning? I I say this morning because it's morning for me, but I have no idea what time it is for you, what time you're tuning in. But for me, it is early. I have not finished my coffee yet, and my entire family is asleep because this is the only time I have personally where my house is quiet. (laughs) For those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, my name is Jillian Ahonen. I'm your host. So welcome, welcome. I'm excited for you to join me today. And just a little quick backstory for me. I have five kids. One is grown, married, and moved out, and they are pregnant with their second baby. Yay! So I'm an ama to soon-to-be two baby boys, Oliver and Ryder. Love them to pieces. You can see me obsessively posting videos and pictures on my Instagram account because they're so cute and it's so much fun and my teenagers don't like me taking pictures of them anymore. So that's okay. I've got next next generation. (laughs) Uh, So there's that. And then I've got um, my oldest son just moved back home. He's here living with us just temporarily. He was away at school and now is coming home to get himself positioned for his next season of life. So he's just living here as like a little transition for himself. And then I've got three other kids that we homeschool. Um, It's an online school. And then my husband, when he's not traveling, he works from home. So there's a good 90% of my life where I have a house filled with people, whether my daughter's visiting with her baby or all of my kids are home and we're homeschooling or my husband's on a conference call and... I'm Italian. I talk loud, but my husband, I feel like he wins. He talks louder than me. You can hear his voice through every wall of our house. So yeah, it gets noisy. It gets loud. And so I sneak away into this little under the stairwell closet. Yes, I am in a storage closet. This is my studio, super professional. And this is where I record when my family is still sleeping and my house is quiet. But I'm excited for what God put on my heart for all of us today. I actually had to pre-record this message because I've got my ex-husband's mom, my ex-mother-in-law, and her husband coming into town next week for a visit. And uh, so I thought, okay, I got to plan better. I got to get myself ahead of the game. And so I'm actually pre-recording this message because next week when they're here, I won't be able to record. Anyway, so... We're, we're ahead of the game. So this is really good. This means I'm getting organized and I'm doing better because for a while I really struggled to stay on top of this. My life is crazy, you guys. It's really busy, but I feel like this is what the Lord wants me to do in this season. And I do feel his grace over it as long as I stay focused on him and I don't get hung up on what's going on around me because it's really easy to do, right? When your life is really busy, 
Um, but I've really learned to say no to the things that I feel obligated to do and say yes to the things that God has graced me to do. And so here we are with a podcast. (laughs) Um, so anyway, I was praying through this week's message and, um, last week I talked about forgiveness and things of that nature. And we talked a lot about that. And, I was reminded of an incident that I had fairly recent. It's been, it's been a while now, but it was not that long ago where I had met somebody new and we wanted to get to know each other better. And she invited me over to her house and she had this really cool display, this yummy food. Um, so we had snack time and fellowship time and she was really an incredible woman. I really hope to get to know her better. Um, but one of the things that she brought up towards the end of our conversation really, um, how can I say this? It, it was alarming. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be real. I'm going to be straightforward. It was alarming. Um, and she was very excited to share with me this newfound revelation that she got from a message that she heard at her current church. And I'm listening to her share what this very famous man, I, if you know me by now at all, I don't give names. I'm not going to give out a church. I'm not going to give out a leader name. I'm not going to get out, give out an author name. Here's what I feel. If I am equipping you and if I am encouraging you to live by the spirit, to be empowered through his wisdom, through his knowledge and grow in discernment and share with you some ideas and doctrinal beliefs that are coming into the body of Christ that are not godly, I feel that's enough. I don't need to blast a name that just creates more division. I don't think it's fair. But what I do believe is fair is that each of us individually take an honest evaluation of what we're listening to, what we're believing, hold it up to the word of God, and make a wise decision out of that. So I'm not going to give names, but I am going to say that it is a very known church. It's a very big church, and it was a guest speaker, and it's a very known speaker author, one that I've actually gleaned from for many years, and the recent book he was discussing and part of this message I've never read, so I'm not going to pick it apart. I'm not going to say it's right or wrong. I don't know. I'm only going to go straight from the message and how biblically off it is and how it's a danger to our spiritual walks. This is basically what she said to me. Do you know that we do not have to forgive everyone? That right there was like, what? (laughs) Wait, what? What did you just say? No, we don't. I know. Crazy, right? I always thought we had to. And I'm going, uh, where is this conversation going? I think she saw the confused look on my face. Um, and I said, okay, um, that's interesting because my entire faith is wrapped around forgiveness, forgiving those who've wronged me because I've been forgiven. I mean, that's literally the foundation of my faith. I, I've, okay. Um, she goes, no, no, let me explain. So she goes on to explain how God does not command us to do anything that he doesn't do himself and that we're not called to forgive everybody. We, if, if that person who wronged us doesn't come back to us and apologize, and do the right thing, then we don't have to forgive them. And I'm sitting there going, okay, this, she's got, she had to have misunderstood. I'm just, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm going, okay, so maybe what she's saying 
is because she's filtering through her life experience and maybe she heard him wrong. Yeah, maybe she heard him wrong. And so I'm trying to give this known church, this known pastor who allowed this guest speaker in their church and this known author speaker, um, the benefit of the doubt going, okay, they can't be teaching this. (laughs) This is so not biblical. This is anti-God's heart. We are called to forgive period. There's no contingencies on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. My stomach is in knots as I'm listening to her. She can clearly see the look of confusion on my face because she says, I'm probably explaining this wrong. And I said, no, I I think you're explaining it right. Um, I said, you definitely have me curious. Um, You know, I'm not very quick to just jump and give my opinion. I'm not very, I'm not argumentative. Maybe I need to get better at this. I'll just be honest. Um, But I really try to take in what somebody's saying, understand the framework they're coming from, and make sure that when I'm speaking, I'm speaking from a place of the Spirit. So maybe the Holy Spirit just didn't want me to say anything that day, and what I did say was enough. All I said to her was, okay, that's definitely different. That's not what I've read in my Bible. I'm called to forgive, uh, period, to freely give what I've been given, which is mercy and forgiveness. And that's what my entire faith is wrapped around. So this is definitely something I have never heard of. You do have me curious. And she said, oh, you should listen to the message. It's online. And I said, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to go home and listen to the message. And I'm going to, you know, ask the Holy Spirit what he says. And I'm going to go to scripture and just kind of take in what you're sharing with me. Because this definitely doesn't seem biblical, to be honest. Um... And I just kind of left it there and, you know, our conversation came to a close. Um, so I did, I, I went home and I happened to have some time where my kids were out running around in the neighborhood and they were busy. Um, so I had some quiet space and I found the message. I found the specific service that she went to. I wanted to make sure I was listening to the same one, um, cause there were several services. And so I was able to get that on YouTube. And I'm listening to this message and there's a lot of things that are already causing my spirit to just feel alarmed. And I hadn't even gotten to the point of what she had shared with me. He was talking about why people struggle to forgive people and it's because everybody has different languages and everybody apologizes differently and it's really important to make sure that you understand somebody else's apology language in order to get your apology correct so that you can be reconciled and forgiven to that person and it was just honestly a very complicated message because in my when I read my bible it doesn't put the expectation on the other person on how they apologize whether or not it meant something to me whether or not it felt pure or right um bottom line i'm called to forgive it's very simple for me um and so i was already kind of getting alarms going off inside of me going, okay, this just feels like here's another method to justify, withhold forgiveness and give ourselves permission to not just obey God. 
just simple. Obey God. It is not my job. And I talked about this last week. It is not my job to make sure that somebody else is doing it the right way. It is my job to forgive, period. Whether that person even comes to me and apologizes or not, it doesn't matter. I'm called to forgive. This is scriptural. This is to forgive my enemies and pray for them. I mean, how much clearer can you get? This is to freely give what you've received. Well, I've been forgiven. And so therefore I am going to forgive others. I mean, it's just, it's biblical. There's no way around it. There's no gray area. There's no exceptions to the rule. I'm called to forgive. You're called to forgive. If we call ourselves believers and Christians and Christ followers, it's very simple. Forgive, even if they didn't say sorry. And if they say sorry, you're supposed to forgive. Even if they blow it a bazillion times, you're supposed to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. There's enough scriptures to support this. There are parables in the Bible to support this. Jesus says to forgive people. Jesus models forgiveness. It says to follow him. So therefore, I am going to have to realize that it is is not my job to figure out where that person is coming from, the framework, their apology language. I, I just, it, it is so complicated. So anyway, I'm already getting alarms and I'm going, okay, I already disagree with this. This doesn't feel right. This feels like we've complicated Christianity. I write a lot about this in my book, Ripple Effect. If you've not picked it up, pick it up. It really helps us understand all these different things that have come in and polluted the ability to live by the Spirit, to just simply obey God and understand what it looks like and what it means to live by the Spirit and live in that supernatural freedom that Jesus paid for. So anyway, I'm listening to this message and um, he gets to the point on what this woman had shared with me about how we don't have to forgive, that God doesn't forgive. And he pulled a scripture and I looked up that scripture and it was definitely pulled out of context. I'm not going to go through it. It's going to take too long. I've got a lot to share today. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so he was talking about um, how we don't have to forgive um, because God doesn't make us forgive and God doesn't ask us to do anything that um, he has not done himself. And he goes on to pull some scriptures to support this idea. And I'm going, okay, where is this coming from? This belief is coming from somewhere. And so I'm one of those people where I kind of press in. If you don't already know, I am an advanced certified Christian life coach. And one of the things that it is 100% the discernment of the Holy Spirit, he has given me this gift and ability to listen to what somebody is saying and identify how they've come to this belief. A lot of times we are believing things that kind of make sense in our human understanding, um, but it's from the framework of hurt or fear or worry, and it's through human understanding and it's not through biblical truths. And so I'm able to identify and understand how people come up with their belief systems and why they're filtering the things they're filtering and how they come to these conclusions and things like that. So I'm listening to this person. And I heard it. I I understood where he got this framework from. And what happened was he was sitting in a counseling session with somebody who had gone through something painfully devastating. And I am not minimizing 
what she went through. I don't minimize what anybody has gone through. I don't minimize what I've gone through. I go to Jesus with it. Um, but one of the things he said was, how can I sit there and listen to what she's experienced and tell her she needs to forgive this person? That was it right there. That's where human emotion and human experience can so easily override God's truth. And then all of a sudden, we've got this entire new doctrine that is anti-God, anti-biblical, and we buy into these ideologies, and it takes us away from the heart of the Father. What happened from that moment on, because he felt this woman's pain, I'm just guessing that he set out to disprove that we don't always have to forgive. And I really took everything he was saying to heart because I'll be honest with you, what he was saying can easily make sense to our human understanding, especially when we've been hurt. And this is a danger zone. This is a really big danger zone for the body of Christ and for the church. And I believe that this is one of the reasons, and this is not the only reason, I'm not putting it all, I'm not putting the emphasis on this particular situation. I'm just saying this is one of the many reasons why we see what we see in the church today, why we see so many people who are struggling to live by the Spirit, who are willing to cut people off, who are willing to um, walk away from their church, from their relationships, you know, and I'm not talking about people in abusive situations. Please understand, don't put words in my mouth. This is not a topic of you are in an abusive situation. I've been in an abusive situation. Holy Spirit guided me through that, brought my family to safety. So I'm not talking about that, but I'll tell you right now, I still had to forgive him. I had to forgive what he did to me, which to be honest, was a lot easier than forgiving what he did to my children. That one that as a mom, <laughs> that triggered me. Every single time um, my children would behave out of their wounds, out of their wounds of what they experienced, out of their wounds of what they saw, out of their wounds of feeling the abandonment and the rejection of their father, um, because he did leave completely. Um, and that created such a strong emotion in me. I absolutely despised and hated him. It made me so angry that not only did my kids have to experience the depth of pain and identity crisis and confusion and brokenness in their hearts at the hand of this person's sin, I also had to face the consequences of it because I had to relive what he did over and over and over again with my kids' behaviors or rebellion or watching them just weep and cry and say, why? What did I do wrong? Why did he leave me? Why am I not worth loving? You have no idea how painful it is. Unless maybe you do. Maybe you totally understand what I'm talking about. You know what? When I hold my life and my conscience up to the word of God, the Holy Spirit says, I still need to forgive him. Okay? I even had a recent conversation with my mom who was telling me that she was just walking through like just her own devotional time with the Lord. And she felt like the Holy Spirit was just saying, you know, this is a time of forgiveness. This is a time of freedom. And my mom really thought, I, I really do forgive everybody. I don't feel like I'm holding anybody, you know, in that prison 
Um, I feel like I've released everybody and the Holy Spirit actually brought my ex-husband up to her mind. And see, my mom really had a space for him in her heart for many years, but then she saw the constant destruction and the constant cycles and she saw what it did to me and my kids and she became bitter and resented him and without realizing it, she was withholding forgiveness. Now, my divorce was 15 years ago. So this is recent where my mom said that the Holy Spirit actually brought him up to the forefront of her mind. And she's like, whoa, wow, I didn't realize that I hadn't released him. And so she, you know, released him and forgave him. My mom has had to do a lot of forgiving in her life, too, with the things that she's gone through. Obviously, I'm not going to share that. Those are her personal stories. She just shares them with me so I know what my mom has walked through and how she's had to forgive. Now, here's the thing. I want to go back to my point. So my point is forgiveness, right? My point is, is we are called to forgive. And my point is that this man has created this new idea saying that there is a specific way to apologize in order for it to be received so that we can be forgiven. And again, I'm just going to recap. I did not read the book. I don't know if I ever will. To me, it's just why. (laughs) Um, But I'll tell you one thing I've learned over the last 20 years of living life with messy and perfect people. I'm called to forgive, period. I gave out several passages on forgiveness last week. You can listen to last week's message. You can look them up, do a Google search. What I'm saying is truth. And I'm not going to water down the Bible to coddle any of us. I'm not going to give myself or anyone else permission, no matter how much you've been hurt, do not harbor unforgiveness in your heart. I went home and I got into God's presence and I wanted to hear what he had to say because I will be truthful with you. This message confused me. The way he preached it, his framework and his scriptural references actually created a confusion inside of me. Even though I had knots in my stomach and a check in my spirit saying this is off, his words were kind of making sense and I ended up confused. Can I just, can I just stop right there? Who is the author of confusion? The enemy. Okay. And I know this, but I still was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the Lord and I'm going to get clarity over this confusion. I'm going to hear what he has to say. I'm going to go to his word and I'm going to give him space to speak into it. Do you know what he said to me? I, I went to him in full honesty, not trying to defend this message I heard and not to, trying to defend my belief system. I want you to realize I shared, I wrote about this in my book, Ripple Effect. But when we go to the word of God and when we go to the Lord and what, and if we have this framework of trying to prove what we think or believe in order to disprove somebody else or vice versa, we can actually filter the word of God through that and misunderstand scripture, misunderstand the call. And that's why we have so many false ideas out there that are actually leading people away from biblical foundations and biblical truths and further from God's heart. It happens all the time. This is part of what happens is we're reading and going to God through our filter and through our human understanding, trying to defend our reasoning, our human reasoning, instead of saying, God, I am giving you permission to shatter this humanistic reasoning, this humanistic understanding, and really teach me your ways, teach me your truth. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me that day. 
Now, this is specifically on the topic of do I have to forgive? Because this man was saying, God doesn't expect you to do anything that he doesn't do. Okay. So I'm going to the Lord (laughs) and I'm saying, God, I I really want to hear you on this one. I've got my Bible in my lap. It's open. I'm ready. I'm listening. And the Holy Spirit says to me, when did Jesus pay for the sin that you committed a couple of years ago, a couple of weeks ago? Okay. So the, the perspective of the Holy Spirit and what he was saying to me was the sin that you committed was 2000 years after Jesus nailed it to the cross. When were you forgiven? Were you forgiven because you apologized correctly? Were you forgiven because you recognized your sin? Or did Jesus already pay for it? Jesus already paid for it. When he died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he paid for the sins of the world. That is scriptural. That is in the Bible. He paid for the sins of the world before you and I were even born. So are we already forgiven? Yes. Are we reconciled to Christ? Not without repentance. Okay, so here is a very big difference. We are called to forgive just as we've been forgiven, but that does not mean that we're reconciled to that person. Reconciliation comes through repentance. That is the call of God. That is the call on the church. We are called to forgive, but that doesn't mean we're always going to be reconciled. But what happens when that person who wronged you comes to you and says, I'm sorry, we're supposed to forgive them. Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Right there, Matthew 18, 21 and 22, Jesus very clearly says to forgive and forgive often. We are called to forgive. Reconciliation is a whole different topic, and maybe the Holy Spirit will put that on my heart soon (laughs) and what that looks like and what that means. But this idea of withholding forgiveness and not being an extension is hurting us. It is crippling us. It is blocking us from walking in spiritual maturity. I love what my oldest daughter said to me recently. She was working through forgiving someone. She said, I had put myself in a prison by not forgiving. I was miserable and I was making others miserable. It's not worth it. Take it from my 24-year-old daughter who's experienced so much pain in her life, it would make your heart break. She gets it. And she's learning what it looks like to live free regardless of the failures and mistakes of others. This is the heart of our God. This is what it looks like to be an extension of God's heart that actually brings reconciliation to families, the church, and ultimately those who don't have a relationship with Jesus. We have complicated Christianity by mixing in worldview, human responses, emotions, and psychological understanding, trying to find scripture to support our new theories on human reactions and behaviors, and it's costing us the ability to receive what Jesus paid for for ourselves and then become an extension of God's heart to those around us through unconditional love and forgiveness. These concepts that have come into the church are complicating the simplicity of obedience by justifying the flesh the natural human responses to hard situations that we're actually called to crucify. This is why so many are struggling to live by the spirit or understand what it looks like to live in the freedom that Jesus paid for. Yes, it is true. Our human responses to painfully hard situations cause us to respond and react out of those emotions that have been triggered, right? 
but you can't find scriptures in the Bible that will back withholding forgiveness or justifying our natural human responses unless you pull something out of context to do so. This is just the truth, and as a Christian life coach working alongside many individuals for the last 15 plus years, the body of Christ is really struggling to know what it means to live by the Spirit because we've brought too many new tools in to help us understand our human nature. We're not called to live out of that old, born-from-Adam human nature. We're called to live by the Spirit. We are new creations in Christ Jesus, not only to be that spotless bride, but to become like our Father in heaven. We are supposed to look, act, and behave like his children. This is Bible. Trust me, I used to skip over these passages. This is a high call to the church, and we need to spend more time in the Word and preaching these messages because watered-down truth ain't setting anyone free. We are called to obey God over our thoughts, feelings, and emotions and crucify the flesh that wants to withhold forgiveness and react or retreat back. Trust me, I know it ain't easy, okay? I know what feelings feel like. I have spent many moments with tears streaming down my face because my heart's hurting. And while I met with a comfort and peace beyond words, I'm never told that I don't have to take up my cross and follow him. (laughs) God has never said to me, well, this last incident was the straw that broke the camel's back. You've forgiven enough. You've got permission to hold on to this wrong. No. The gentle whispers of the Holy Spirit remind me of what it looks like to get what I need from the throne room, and it's not to withhold it for myself. God's grace fills me and empowers me to give the mercy I've received to those around me. And you know what? When I choose God's will over my own and I crucify the flesh that wants to have my own way, something inside of me unlocks, and all of a sudden, I understand what it looks like, what it feels like, and what it means to live life in the Spirit. I understand what it feels like to soar above the storms of life and how these life storms actually carry me higher until I'm unfazed by what's going on around me. And walking in that constant flow of love and forgiveness gets easier and easier because I know what's on the other side of it. I know it's my freedom. This is spiritual maturity. This is what it means to live an inward supernatural freedom that Jesus paid for. When all of a sudden people in your life are off the chopping block, you don't need them to figure it out or get it right or they're going to get the buzzer. You're already getting everything you need from your heavenly father and his spirit within you. Family, let's be real careful what we listen to and make sure it's not coddling the flesh we're called to crucify. Let's make sure we're not gathering around the teachers who are saying what our flesh wants to hear. We have a strong biblical warning against these teachers. In 2 Timothy 4, 3-4, it says, For a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to myths. The Bible says not to lean on our human understanding. And let me tell you, a lot of this stuff does make sense to our human reasoning, right? And here's where the Bible gets us back on track according to God's will and heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, in all ways, in every situation, at all times. Submit to him and he will make your path straight. That's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Leaning to our human understanding, putting the emphasis on our feelings and emotions is a trap that will block us from spiritual maturity and entering into true freedom. 
as a church family, we need to become aware and turn away from these ideologies that are coming in and hurting us as a whole. I'm going to close with this challenge for all of us today, okay? I'm in this too. Really, I'm still a work in progress. I've not arrived, and I love Paul's words in Philippians. This is Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's not worry about what we missed yesterday, okay? Let's get it right today and press on toward the goal. I'm still a work in progress, we all are, but the goal is to walk in such freedom in our new natures to be like Christ that we become that mirror image radiating his glory to those around us. When we stop putting the emphasis on what others did or where they're at or whether or not their hearts are pure, our spiritual freedom is no longer contingent upon them getting it right. We're living right before the Lord and we're opening ourselves up to such incredible supernatural freedom. You won't even care if their apology was sincere or not. Because now you're not living for yourself. You understood the assignment. You're taking up your cross. You're living by the Spirit. You're producing His fruit and a powerful example of what it looks like to be the extension of our Father's heart. Reconciling people to Christ by the way of forgiveness and unconditional love that you are freely giving because that's what Jesus did for you. We have to get away from the self-seeking theology and get our hearts lined up with the Word. Amen? So here's my challenge. Don't just take this word from me or maybe trash it because it triggered you. Go to the Lord. Wrestle out what you're feeling and what you've experienced. Get into his presence and invite the Holy Spirit to correct those hardwired ideas that are not of him and open up your Bible. Dive into his truth and then start applying it for yourself daily. And here's the beautiful thing about life in the Spirit. While crucifying the flesh don't feel good, (laughs) okay, let's be real, it don't feel good. And it is our responsibility. Living by the Spirit is all Him. You don't have to do any of this in your own strength. Crucify the flesh, lean into Him, and experience a strength that is beyond your human capabilities. I promise you, forgiveness is the way to your freedom. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now, for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.